We speak to amazing entrepreneurs in that uh, neck of the woods. And tonight, our guest is certainly no different. Uh, he is the founder and managing director of BT Industrials, uh, which uh, manufacture high-density polyethylene pipes. And uh, these are supplied to the mining, oil, gas, and other industries, power stations, process plants, and telecoms companies as well. Khumutu Likula is the founder and group managing director at BT Industrials and is my guest this evening. Khumutu, we have you on the line. Hi, I'm Onga. How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing you. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Let's maybe start off here. High-density polyethylene pipes. I was saying earlier on, yes. you know, you're in the plastics and polymers space and plastics and polymers are everywhere around us. What is polyethylene, yeah. especially Lena, that is highly dense? <laughs> So polyethylene is uh, probably the most common plastic. Um, the stuff on your, you know, your handy-endy bottle, mm. your shampoo bottle, that's polyethylene. Okay. And your, you know, the, the chairs at the, you know, when you go to funerals, those chairs that you put covers on. Yes, it's also the polyethylene. Yeah. Stock fell. yeah, those ones, those ones. <laughs> and of course, you get different grades of it. Um, the high-density uh, version um, that uh, you get a high-density version that we use to make pipes. So <laughs> that's okay. what you should do. All right. Now, your clientele. Talk to me about, I guess, the applications to which they put some of what you produce. So, I mean, we, we produce uh, pipes from uh, polyethylene. Uh, you, you'll remember when we were growing up, you know, there was always that phrase, Malala piping. Yes. Um, because we would see all those uh, concrete pipes uh, stacked uh, you know, um, and those pipes would normally be installed underground for the conveyance of water and sewage. And you'd also see the steel pipes um, as well. Mostly those ones would be used for, for water. So what's happened over the last, let's say, 20, 20 years or so, many of those pipes have been replaced with plastic pipes because they're, they're much lighter, easier to install, easier to handle. And uh, just across the board, where there's a need to convey water, uh, it's actually just easier to convey the water in um, in plastic pipes. Mm. And it's just not—it's not just water. It's in you know, other types of things, like your optical fiber is also housed in polyethylene mm. duct and so on and so forth. Yeah. I guess about the genesis of, of this business um, and, uh, you know, where it started for you. Um, I mean, you started this business in 2016 uh, and I saw a stat here. I mean, you've seen it grow in compound annual growth terms in excess of 139%. What has happened in that five years that accounts for that exponential growth? Uh, a couple of things. So I think, uh, so, so we, uh, I had an engineering business for many, I've been in business many years, okay. uh, 13 years or so. And I had an engineering business. We were doing uh, water management type projects on mines. Okay. Um, on the mining process, when you mine, you dig in the ground. When you dig, you, you know, you hit water. And the water has to be pumped out of the mine and managed so that mm. you can carry on digging. So that's what we used to do. And um, we used to buy pipes from uh, other companies. Um, there came a stage where one of my partners, uh, his name is also Komoto, said to me that, you know, uh, look, at, look at the bill of materials. You know, look at how much we are spending buying uh, all manner of components and then look at our consulting fees. There's a big gap here. Um, so that was the one aspect, just the economics of it. 
And the other side was that the industry as a whole uh, is fragmented. Uh, there's a level of inform- there was a level of informality in um, in the industry, mm. and we saw a gap. Um, we then decided to um, buy the equipment for producing the pipes, okay. and we installed it ourselves, and we started producing. Mm. Uh, we are the, I think, as far as we know, we are the only uh, company that does what we do that run and owned by black people in the world mm. as far as mm. as far as we know um what happened what drove our growth um we we focus on solutions we try to understand what our customers want and we try to deliver against that we don't just sell pipes mm. we sell the pipes together with um, sure. an engineering solution and we brought a an extreme level of professionalism into the industry that has helped us grow our market share quite considerably, not just in SA, but across the continent mm. as well. And I guess in a way also you solve a problem, right? Uh, for many, you know, OEMs, big contractors are working on capital projects, not only just in the mining sector. I mean, uh, you know, everywhere you go where anything is built, be it in, you know, the network industries, water, telecoms, you know, uh, and even in the mines, there's this local mm. content requirement. And in a sense... I mean, you're then able, I guess, to give many project owners that local content on a critical No, part. no, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Absolutely not. Mm. We have not won. So, so we don't do really? any government business. So we've never, ever, no, no, ever, I mean ever, in the, ever won. In the, in the private sector. So, I mean, if I run a mine, no, I need local no, content, in, right? No, even in the private sector, nobody mm. cares really. Everybody says they wow. care about your BE, but they don't. They care about price. So what we then did was to say, how can we fight on price mm. but fight smartly? Okay. So one of the, one of the interesting things is that most engineering projects are over-specified. In other words, uh, the engineering design is significantly higher than the operational requirement. Mm. Um, sometimes 10 times as much. So we would come in and say, no, you don't actually need to do it as much. Maybe you can find a, a healthy medium. So it allows you to then go in and fight um, on value, not just price. Because now what you're saying to your customer is actually your design is wrong. Sure, we can make sure. a better design, but cheaper. Mm-hmm. And that's what's driven our, that's what's, uh, driven our, uh, our growth. Yeah. Look, you, I mean, you were saying to me last week, you, you guys have had interest even in, in critical export markets. Talk to me about that. Uh, because I guess in a sense, manufacturing is a scale game. Um, and uh, you guys wouldn't have achieved what you've achieved if um, you know you weren't... Uh, having a sort of a voluminous order book. Uh, so talk to me about some of that. Yeah, so um, we we advertise our services and products uh, all over the world. Mm. Um, and that's been quite beneficial to us uh, because people from right around the globe are aware of what we do. And um, it makes it easy for us to pick up the phone and, you know, talk to contractors and projects uh, people across the continent, for example, because then they have some familiarity with your with your brand, and um, so so the, the whole thing with uh, polyethylene it, it's a hydrocarbon. Sure. So South Africa has a very specific experience relating to the production of hydrocarbons. Mm. We've got uh, that asset <laughs> called fossil. Um, mm. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's been training really excellent engineers for many many years. So a lot of those guys now work for me. So that, um, you know, just that technical excellence um, makes it so much easier to, to talk to people across the continent, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, offer real value to them.
Because that's really what it's about. You see, I think whereas in South Africa people can say, yeah, you need local content, BE mm-hmm. matters. When you're selling a solution in DRC, nobody cares about your BE status. They care about how technically excellent your solution is. And that, that's really what we've tried to do. And that has really, uh, you know, paid us uh, in dividends. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I guess, you know, there's, there's, there's another bigger question, which is, if you've grown so exponentially in the first five years, um, what does the next stage look like? Is it another growth surge, accessing new markets? I guess you've, you've touched somewhat on uh, those key sort of destination markets for yourselves. Um, or is it, I guess, about expanding the scope of what it is that you do? Because one would imagine there's quite a bit you, you, you guys are capable of doing in the world of polyethylene yeah. already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that uh, we try to do and one of the key business lessons that uh, I learned very early on in my business life is when you're a business person, you shouldn't be too focused on the here and the now and the local. I think, Mm. so I'm going to make a a broad generalization. I think if you listen to conversations in South Africa, we'll all talk about business as if it all happens in Johannesburg or Gauteng or South Africa. It's actually not the case. Business doesn't just happen in South Africa. Business doesn't just happen on the continent. It happens on the world. So we had a very clear vision to say that we want to be a significant player in the developing world, which means we have embarked on a decidedly international uh, growth strategy. Uh, to give you a sense, Ayabonga, uh, uh, if you look at where we are in the market uh, in terms of size and scale and market share, our equivalent in the U.S. is a $14 billion a year business. I mean, that's just massive, massive, massive business, right? So you can't even begin to compare. So what it means is if we, if, if we really want to build a business of any significance and be a significant player in our industry, our medium to long-term strategy has to focus on um, external markets. Mm. We have to focus on growing our footprint on the continent, uh, maybe South America, um, and so on and so forth. Right now, we do uh, quite a bit of business in the U.S. Um, throughout Europe and the continent. Uh, so the idea would be to grow the spread of the products that we offer into the market. Uh, as you are aware, we've expanded our polymer processing capability into medical products. Uh, you know, we make all manner of uh, medical products. But then the idea is to broaden the scope of the products that we do so that we are offering more. Mm. And then also, uh, we need to look at growing our market, um, uh, the, the market in which we, we play in. And we have to focus on um, markets outside the country if we want to get to, you know, if we want to get bigger growth, more growth. Yeah. <laughs> Last one on my end, Humoto, uh, uh, before we let you go, and it's unfortunate we have run out of time. I mean, a lot I wanted to cover. You guys had a big announcement last week at the investment conference. Tell us a bit more about that and I guess what that is going to mean for your uh, production lines. Yeah, so we, yes, we announced a series of investments that we'll be making uh, in the next um, period. And that's really focused on deepening our uh, production capacity. So, you know, we, we operate factories which uh, by definition means we have to produce more, we have to have higher throughput. So we're making a number of capital investments to do that. But in doing that, it's uh, in pursuit of the strategy that I was just characterizing now Mm. to produce a broader scope of products and to enter um, additional markets. 
we have uh, quite aggressive plans uh, for the next five years, and uh, the announcements that we made last week are in uh, pursuit of that. I, I think, Ayabonga, I think if I look at South Africa just from a purely business point of view, mm-hmm. I mean, this is the country that... Uh, converted uh, coal into petrol. Exactly. Yeah. Right. This is the country that undertook the first heart transplant. So there's a lot of potential in South Africa, despite all the negative uh, stuff you've, uh, you've heard uh, from commentators and so on and so forth. And I mean, uh, my focus really is to try and find brilliant people that can bring significant value to, to the table and help us innovate and uh, not just compete locally, mm. uh, but compete on, the, compete on the global scale. That's really what uh, what yeah. last week was about. Awesome, awesome. Humuto, we're going to have to leave it there, brother, but a uh, real pleasure catching up with you. I wish you and your team there out at BT Industrials all of the best. And uh, yeah, uh, all of the best, I guess, as you make those investments and uh, continue to conquer new markets as well. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Humoto Likola there speaking to us, uh, founder and group managing director of BT Industrials, speaking to us for SMME Exchange.